0: Oh, and elegant, that. chic and no expense has been spared dressing room at the American Billboard Awards where I will be honored
1: for nothing, as usual. But just to be here share this moment with humanity is everything. Because I am everything, bitch. Okay. You're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your one-stop candy shop for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. Hey everyone, I'm Stefan. Welcome to episode 4 of the MLVC podcast. We've got some great topics to discuss this evening. I'm here in New York City with my co-host, Tony. Hey guys, I'm Tony and my baby's got a secret. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good one. Okay, so Tony, before we dive into anything about the podcast, I think the crucial thing we need to talk about...
0: Yeah, it's that the theme is camp at the Met Ball, and the queen of camp, Madonna, did
1: not show up. A no show at the Met Ball. What is going on?
0: Well, I know what's going on. Everyone came dressed as Madonna to the Met Ball, so she probably realized that it just wasn't null and void for her to even show up.
1: Yeah, know? did you see Harry Styles in the get together confessions outfit? I uh, literally, right. it's if he had a riding crop. And that hat, it would be confessions tour. Future lovers all the way. Absolutely. It's crazy. But I, you know what? To Just dovetail quickly on Met Gala stuff. Some great costumes, I thought. Uh, I mean, I think everyone's talking about Lady Gaga's four, multiple four outfits on the pink carpet, which I thought was actually kind of good. Yeah, that was cute. It was cute. There was some, there's, some, there's some good stuff there. But I, I do say I I was missing Madonna this year after last year's epic... Arrival and performance. It's sort of it's weird to not have her there, but I, I assume she's probably in the in the little laboratory cooking up, <laughs> cooking up some fun stuff for us.
0: I don't know. I thought she'd be there because her old pal Demi Moore was there, but um, you know, and she also has an album
1: to promote. And yeah, the you, uh, I was the, Maluma's there. Oh, is he? Well, yeah. you know freshly freshly quaffed. She'll show up at the after parties. watch. Uh, well, yeah. I, or she'll, like, I guess she can't crash the Met Gala. You know, like, I mean, it's either she's there or she's not.
0: Yeah, you got to get there when they open. Otherwise, you can't get in.
1: Right. And what's the point of showing up if no one sees you walk in?
0: Right. And speaking of not getting in, uh, no. so announced her Madame X World Tour today.
1: Yes. With a cute little Jonas Ockerland-directed sort of comedic short if you will it was very uh actually in line with the gala theme of camp i thought it was a very sort of like campy comedy romp. Her and diplo who i am not grooving on diplo's long hair well he looked like uh axel rose oh totally yes axel rose um and elvis had a love child and it. it is diplo in that
0: yeah, I feel like this video took place in the world of the music video, you know?
1: Mm, totally. Like, if, it, Dip, Diplo is, like, her new Ollie G.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, um, was what, was her name in, um, what was
0: her name in the music video? Muff Donna, that's what it was. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this takes place in the Muff Donna universe. It
1: was cute. I like that, you know, that was sort of like the little announcement to sort of Set the tone and sort of I like that they How they did it it was smart that they Decided to sort of go the Comedic route because I've been looking online And there are some fans That are not very happy At her choice of venues Or lack of cities Listen
0: um, She is Insane okay (laughs) she's Trying to be funny Uh,
1: Madonna's insane, period. You heard it here.
0: She's trying to be funny about this, but we're not laughing because we are the ones who are getting fleeced here. You know, she's she's announced, like, legitimate dates at the BAM Opera House in Brooklyn, which is a great theater. I've seen lots of, like, you know, plays and, you know, Pina Bausch. Oh, you've, been, you've been there. Presentations. Yeah, it's, it's great, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess I'll have to see Madonna there to See what that's like. Is but,
1: it so? The Brooklyn, it's Brooklyn Academy of Music.
0: Yeah, it's the Howard Gilman Opera House. It's it's a literal opera house. And and it's just it's really
1: it. like a just like a Broadway theater type yeah, of it's a Broadway event. house. It just goes really high up. Oh down. Um, oh, no. I saw Coriolanus with
0: Ray Fines there back in the day, and I had like ten dollars tickets, and I was at the very very top, which I suspect these are the fifty three dollars seats that she's selling.
1: Yeah. Saw and if you love Vertigo, then that's the seat for you. Oh jeez! Well, and so I think that's what like I've been seeing some comments online of fans saying, you know, they don't have the money to to foot the bill for the nine hundred dollars tickets up front, so they're being relegated to having to choose these super cheap tickets in the top, and they don't think it's fair. Now, fair or my- not, ultimately we're going to do what she says. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think anyone has a choice really where their tickets are going to be. You know I mean? I sort of requested other than the VIP tickets, I requested any of the ticket values because I'm just like, well, let me just take a shot at trying to get whatever tickets I can. But yeah, um, apparently the first announced dates in LA and New York sold out in an hour.
0: And now we've got five more dates for each city. Um, We still have the, you know, seven dates in Chicago, and soon they're going to announce the Coliseum and Caesar's Palace in Vegas, the and Box in Boston, the Met, Philadelphia, and the Fillmore in Miami Beach.
1: So it's then basically, like Madonna's doing a residency at the BAM.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. It's you know, like she said in that video, "I'm doing theaters." Well that's what you're selling out now. Theater.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's when I said, when I heard that she sold out within an hour, I was like, well, of course she did. It's a half, a quarter of the size of Madison square garden. Of course she's going to sell out quick.
0: Yeah. The, the Howard Gilman theater seats about 2000 people. It's not a big place. And yeah. that, that's going to be really cool. If we get to be in that theater. Yeah. Cool.
1: I don't like that. We have to wait a week to find out if we got tickets. Like, why can't we know today? <laughs> you know because we so if we don't have tickets for the day that I picked because I didn't pick multiple days because if I picked multiple days and I got tickets for all those days I don't want to be on the on the wire for three different days of tickets so I only requested one day but if I don't get tickets for that day I'd like to be able to request other days but I won't know until the weekend it's just wow.
0: I'm a gambling man because I only chose one and I'm going with that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, luckily there's that lottery system that they have set up. So you can do, you know, like every day of the show, you can go on Madonna.com and enter a $10 lottery. So if you happen to win, you get tickets for $10. Now, I don't know where those tickets are going to be, but I
0: for this for this i I don't know if there's gonna be a surplus of
1: leftover tickets. I doubt there will be. I assume it's gonna be a pretty hot ticket if there's only gonna be a- if,
0: you know if demand is as high as we think it's gonna be. Then there's going to be additional cities and additional dates added, hopefully. I mean, in 2020, she's going to resume the tour in Europe with uh, performances at the Coliseum in Lisbon, the Palladium in London, and the Grand Rex in Paris, which is really, really cool. I mean, it would be amazing to see Madonna at the Palladium in London. It's like sort Judy Garland used to perform, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm curious as to, like, what that means, what these small venues mean for the show. I, I've read a lot of people commenting that, they assume it's going to be on, in the same vein as Tears of a Clown. Um, I'm, I'm hoping there's a little bit more production value than Tears of a Clown because I don't
0: think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be a full-on theatrical experience. It's right. going to be- I
1: hope it's like a broad one.
0: than anything she's done, I think. Probably on par with Girly Show and Blonde Ambition, where it's very structured and, you know, it's, it's a, a, a journey as opposed to, like, different set pieces as the last few tours have been.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I want like what she does in like, if you got to see her at the Roseland performance, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like those type of shows, there was still production value to those shows. They were just on a smaller scale. It wasn't as, as big and opulent as she has been the last couple of shows.
0: Right. And if it's as, you know, theatrical as I suspect it's going to be, what's the track listing going to be? I mean, obviously it's going to be very Madame X heavy, but Is she going to try to transform some of her hits into like Madame X type soundscapes or, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, so far it has been interesting. We had the new song premiere on Friday, I Rise. Yes.
1: Which is so source of contention. You don't like I Rise at the moment, do you?
0: Um, it's growing on me. I listened to it a couple times today and it's still a little tomb ghost town meets hold tight for me. Oh, see, I kind of like that about it. And I want, I want something to represent this era more than sound like a
1: rebel heart cast off,
0: but it's growing on me. I do like the subject matter. I think the lyrics
1: are good. It's it's a catchy song and I like the message. I thought the message is sort of something that she sort of Hasn't had in her catalog, which is oddly strange. Like she has had express yourself and, you know, in trying to empower people and women specifically with that song, but I don't feel, and she always uses like a prayer as like her. song, Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of feel like she hasn't had that sort of like stand up for yourself and fight type of song. And I, so I was kind of happy that she did this, but I get what you're saying. I, I, do believe this is sort of just meant to be an album track, not a proper single? And it's not only an album track; it's the final track
0: of the standard edition, which you know puts it in the same league as "Easy Ride" correct. and has "To Be," and uh, which is what are
1: nice. It's a, I think it's a nice like if that's what she's choosing to end the album with. It's yeah. I, I think it's a, an appropriate closer. Uh,
0: yeah, and- I, I stand corrected because this is not a single. This is just a. a Promo single if you will There's right. no video So we did find out that the Official second single is Going to be Crave
1: Yes and I've heard that this is Like the st- Is one of the three Standout tracks from the album that's like There's <laughs> only three Wow. <well, laughs> no, someone was saying after, again Someone was saying online that There are three tracks that sort of define the album. So like, if you were to look at like a prayer, when you're any of them yet, when you think of like a prayer, you think of the, the, the meaning the songs on like a prayer that define that album, you think like a prayer, express yourself and probably cherish, I guess. Um, So with Madam X, they're saying that there are three tracks on the album that define, will define that album. We have not heard those songs yet. One of them is crave. I believe the other one they're referring to is Killers Who Are Partying, which I think is the disco drag queen song. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot what the other third one is.
0: We don't have a third single
1: lined up yet, though, do we? No. And apparently Killers Who Are Partying was meant to be the second single, but apparently Crave got pushed up because they... I don't know. They decided to push it up. This is all hearsay. It's just people murmuring on the internet. You never know what... Yeah,
0: people,
1: I, I what mean, I try not to read
0: that because when I read stuff like that, it makes me insane. You know, it makes me so crazy. Like, when I was reading about what the track listing was three months ago, and of course, like, it,
1: none of it was true. You well, know? some of it was true.
0: Mm,
1: some, some, was, some was there, some was not. I, I do think that there are people in the know who like hear things and they tell a friend and the friend tells a friend and that's the friend who tweets about it. it's <laughs> like a really long game of telephone and Yeah. And then there's a week late. Boom. Yeah. And then things are like the 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 facts are getting mangled as they sort of go down the line. And what we see on a tweet is just like, you know, because anyone who works for her has gag orders. They can't talk about this shit. You know, but like I'm sure they're sort of like telling people, well it's not going to be the song you think it is. Wink, wink. Exactly. But yeah, I like I rise. I thought I rise. It was, I knew that it was going to be something that wasn't a, a banger. It wasn't going to be this big old dance song because uh, Medellin was sort of dancey. And I I was like, she's going to go slower. And, um, but I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I'm, I am curious to hear crave on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, on Friday, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it was any accident that Rise was released
0: on the Friday before the Saturday Where she received their GLAAD award for bravery, courage, and all-around badassery
1: Well, for just being somebody who's been fighting for gay rights since she's been on the scene I mean, like, the uh, I'm glad that they gave her that award I'm glad that she was, you know, she looked great uh,
0: yeah, you didn't wear an eye patch or a grill. I mean, I
1: was so happy that neither of those affectations were there. I, uh, they, I, well, she doesn't wear the grill because it slurs her speech, and but I have seen her. She was wearing it in that little tour announcement video. I know, no, but exa- exactly no eye patch. She, no eye patch. She looked beautiful. Loved. Maybe if we're lucky, the eye patch was a
0: Medellin only thing.
1: Could be. It could be just like she's just rolling it out. Well, you know she's going to wear one in the tour. She's coming out. The first look is going to be her with an eye patch.
0: Yeah, because they're going to sell them in the merch stand. Oh no,
1: yeah, you, oh, you know you're God. buying one, Tony.
0: No, I'm not buying an eye patch. <laughs> I'm buying an eye patch. Have fun with it. Why <laughs> <laughs> would you wear an eye patch on stage? She's going
1: to fall. Oh some- God, help her! No, 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 no more tumbles, Madonna, please.
0: Well, she wore an eyepatch during her Billboard Awards performance of Medellin with
1: Maluma, and she didn't fall. Yes, thank goodness. I, uh, so what did you think of the Billboard performance?
0: You know, I, I, I had a problem with the eyepatch. It really took me out of everything, as well as the uh, robotic uh, holograms that maybe needed a little bit more resolution to like look believable. Those two things kept like, you know, there was like a devil on my shoulder and an angel on my shoulder. I just like
1: um I liked the billboard awards performance in, as a to- like in total. I thought it was um, it was clean. It was grandiose. i I liked her outfit and the choreography was cute. I did have a little bit of a problem with the holograms. i I felt they. Weren't as robust as I thought they were going to be. I mean, I guess when she, they said she was spending five billion dollars on holograms, I was expecting them to look like Avatar. You know, like I wanted them to look like she was actually really dancing next to herself, and I didn't quite feel that way. They looked kind of flimsy. Yeah, they looked like you could stick a pin through them. You know. Yeah, and like they were they were stuttering like every now and again, like they were like jumping from like from place to place every now and again, whenever she would move around. And I just, um, I believe
0: they were trotting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> No, not when they were dancing. Like they would actually like some, all of a sudden just like completely slide across the screen mm-hmm. and make way for her when she was like moving around or whatnot. And I just, uh, I felt like maybe it would have been a better performance if we didn't have those as affectations, you know, like, we didn't need that we, they weren't necessary a uh, were
0: little nuisances on stage you know
1: yeah it was it, it was kind of like if i think you had said if she had just done like she's not me on the sticky and sweet tour where it was just like people dressed as her maybe it would have worked a little better even mannequins would have worked better yeah just something a little less it just looked a little fake and then my other thing was I I felt like the beginning where she was on that round platform was a little too similar to the "Living for Love" performance she did at the Grammys four years ago.
0: Yeah, except she wasn't wearing an eye patch with that one.
1: No, but she did sort of have a similar type of look and feel. I mean, she wasn't in red, but um, yeah, it was. A, but look, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm happy. It was. I thought a really solid performance. I would have preferred the backing vocals to be a little less. Cause I felt like they were a little overpowering. Like I wanted to hear her singing and she was singing, but the backing track was a little look. Like, and it was that way for Maluma as well. Like when Maluma came out, he was rapping along, but the backing track was just really, really loud.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting though, because like, that's how it sounded in the telecast. But one of my friends was there and he sent me a quick video of the performance, and it sounded better live. Obviously, you know, if you're there, it's great. But I feel like they were like just layering sounds on for the telecast, or they just the sound that they recorded just wasn't very good. You know, and yeah. I, I heard other performances of the of the night too. So I just kind of like chalked it up as like you know messy production values of the Billboard Awards.
1: You know, yeah, yeah. Those award shows. I mean, there's so many different elements things that they have to deal with on the fly and it's a live show I mean I know live TV is not easy to produce and to have that many different elements working against you know the different microphones and the different levels and this and that and they just I'm sure it's a nightmare to have to do it on the fly
0: I mean I feel like when it's her production she can control every aspect of it and this one she controlled as much as she possibly yeah, could as much as
1: she could yeah but she I did think I, but I, like, I, mean, yeah. I still like her and Maluma together, I think they uh, they looked fun. They were, you know, having a good time.
0: The chemistry. I like them together.
1: Yeah, they. Um, but yeah, all, all that to say, uh, good, good award show performance from Madonna.
0: Yeah, even though she did look a little bit like his dance instructor, but you know, they, they do have good chemistry. I mean, it started out, it felt a little stilted at first, and then they just kind of like eased into it. So by the time it was over, I felt like they could have just kept going and it would have gotten really loose, you know? Yeah.
1: So on that, I think that's now a good time for us to talk about today's topic du jour, um, which is best Madonna live award show performances
0: oh that's very specific but i love it because that's some of her best work right there
1: and i was doing my homework and looking back and there were far more than i had remembered that there actually were which is a good thing, but I was yeah. like, as I was sort of like going back into the Madonna canon, I was like, oh right, there's that one, and oh, that that's a good one too. So, um, why don't you kick us off, Tony, and give us your? I, this is a not a very easy feat, but your top three award show live performances by Madonna.
0: Right. Ah, uh, that's tough. My all time favorite though is it has to be. Express Yourself at the 1989 MTV Music Video Awards. Oh, yeah.
1: That's a great one.
0: This is great. So this is when Madonna is transitioning out of Like a Prayer and going into the Dick Tracy era. You can tell by her hair. Yes. She comes out in the suit from the Express Yourself video. She vogues. Uh, she samples everybody at the beginning of the song. I mean, she literally blows everybody out of the water. Uh, she comes out with Nikki and Donna.
1: Was that the first time she was with Nikki and Donna on stage?
0: uh, No, because Nikki and Donna were also on the Who's That Girl tour.
1: Oh, both of them were?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought only one of them was.
0: You may be right, actually. It was Donna DeLore that was on the... I thought,
1: I felt like Express Yourself, that performance of Express Yourself, was the very first time all three of them were together. I'm going to... I'm going to
0: go with you on that one because I, 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 now that I think about it, I think Donna DeLore sang back up on true blue and went on tour, but Nikki Harris came in for.
1: Blind ambition. Well, well, I, I had, the crazy. express yourself performance was like right around. I'm sure blind ambition rehearsals. Yeah.
0: I mean, and that was epic. I mean, you know, when Madonna takes off her jacket and she's wearing the corset and she starts voguing. And
1: I love that she premiered voguing before the Vogue video.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that when it was, you know, when it came on and I didn't know what she was doing, you know, well, yeah, because no one had heard of Vogue. No, this was her, a new development for her. She probably heard deep in Vogue in the clubs or she'd gone to the life ball that summer and she just kind of took it and ran with it. And Mm -hmm. we're all, all glad she did, you know, but yeah, this performance was great. And little did we know this was a preview for the blonde ambition tour. And that was amazing. So about a year later, she performs sooner or later from Dick Tracy at the Oscars written by Stephen Sondheim. It was um, nominated for best song. It actually won. Yes. Madonna has a long history of singing songs that win awards for other people.
1: Yeah. She she must campaign really good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So sooner or later, she comes out looking like Marilyn Monroe. She shows up at the Oscars with Michael Michael Jackson.
1: Jackson. I know that was like the talk of the town
0: even though she ditched him after the award show and hung out with Warren Beatty all
1: night.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, if you look like a blonde bombshell, you're going to hang out with Warren Beatty, not Michael Jackson.
1: Well, she looked great. I loved her in that performance.
0: She looked amazing. She had like a million dollars of the jewelry that she threw on the floor. Uh, She just, it was va, 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 boom. It was Jane Mansfield. It was, it was everything. And I'd never seen her like that before. And, You know, she was Breathless Mahoney.
1: Yeah. There were two moments in that performance that I love. And one is when they, it's like, because at that point, the Oscars, the telecast, the production of those shows were so simple. So you actually got really long shots of her just performing. So I love that, like, it's just a still camera shot of her performing that song. Because back then in, in 1990, they didn't really feature a lot of musical acts. now it's like a big thing to do but back then like having a performer at the Oscars was like a big deal so I think Madonna was like one of the only people to sing a song at that show and good for her but yeah she was a big draw that night and I love that they did so there was like one moment like there's a close-up shot of her and she's holding her hand out to the side and you can just see her hand trembling and i oh yeah i remember that i yeah. thought it was so precious and wonderful that here's madonna this huge i mean she's at at the like peak of madonna like stardom at that moment and she's nervous to sing in front of hollywood and i just thought that was so cute
0: I was just happy to get a full uninterrupted performance of sooner or later, because as we all know, in Dick Tracy, all of her musical performances were edited within an inch of their life. So it was nice to see, you know, breathless sing sooner or later.
1: And she got political.
0: And And she got political. political.
1: Like calling out the war. And I, and so then my second favorite part of that performance is when the earring, I think you said she threw this, she threw the jewelry on the floor. It's watching that earring, the clip on slowly dangle from her ear and get caught on her hair. And then she finally ends the performance and you can see her reach up and grab the earring. and she just chucks it into the audience. It's hysterical. See, that's what I
0: love. I love about that performance is that there's like a couple of messy moments, but she just like handles it with such a plumb. She's like, I'm just going to go. Keep going. Do something else. Do my breath. (laughs) You'd love that line. I love that line. So the other performance that really sticks out is Nothing Really Matters from the 1999 Grammys. Yes. And
1: you know, I think Rosie O'Donnell was the host that night. I don't know her. but Rosie that O'Donnell, Stop it. Yes, you know Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I don't I'm pretty sure Rosie time. O'Donnell. I know Rosie O'Donnell. No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to bank on that, that Rosie O'Donnell hosted that week, because I remember after Madonna's performance, Rosie was chopping up, like she was doing like ginsu, ginsu knife chopping or something.
0: Wow. That's appropriation. If I ever of it, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of appropriation. So yeah, Madonna shows up looking like a deranged geisha and she looks amazing with her hair, you know, completely straight. I
1: love that hairstyle
0: with this. Gorgeous, like, latex Red kimono Thing And she just blows it out You know, opens the show with nothing really matters And this is probably the only Live performance of the song we ever get Yep uh, She doesn't even do it in the drowned world Which is odd, but Especially since there are Kimonos and, uh, you know Geisha accoutrement
1: in that show But She could have rehearsed it And then it just got cut at the last minute
0: I'm mad at her. So, yeah, this was a great performance, and, you know, that was a great night for her. Uh, That was the first time she went to the Grammys and won, like, a lot of shit.
1: She did, yeah. I remember seeing all those pictures of her kneeling down with all her Grammys.
0: Yeah, that was great. So, yeah, nothing really matters at the Grammys. Um, Mostly I love it because I love the song and because I never got to see another performance of this. And, you know, kind of echoes back to the video. But it's... Definitely one of my favorites. So those are a couple, well, actually three of the ones that I like, but what, what sticks out for you?
1: So, well, yours are really good. I, I mean, I love all of those performances as well, but um, I'll, I'll pick three different ones just so we can so we can talk about different performances. Um, but my I think one of my all-time favorite Madonna live award show performances has got to be vogue from the 1990 mtv video music awards i know that she wasn't singing but that's what i kind of loved about it it was like she wasn't even going to pretend that she was singing live she just came out and there was no microphone at all it was like blatant lip syncing which i thought was pretty appropriate um but i mean the whole marie antoinette garb and the look and feel and like that performance to me always represented a shift at the Video Music Awards for here she is coming out and doing this performance and basically showing people, look, you can do something big and theatrical and still make it pop music. And it just was great. One of my favorite parts of that performance always was when she's taking her final bow with the whole lineup of all of them and you just see her face sitting there and she looks gorgeous and perfect, but it was, she was the last performance of the night. And at that point, Vogue had been up for almost every single award that it was eligible for. And she didn't get anything. Sinead O'Connor was winning everything for nothing compares to you. And Madonna got nothing for Vogue. And I just love, like, if you look at her face, it's like, oh yeah, she's pissed, but she's like, I'm, I still, I'm pissed, but look at this damn good performance. You're not going to remember a single person who wanted this show, but you're going to remember this performance.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't remember anything that happened on that show. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you brought up Shania O'Connor. I was like, oh yeah, that was that year that yeah. she was and was like surly and obnoxious about it. Great album, but you know, Come on. You know, Madonna even actually made fun of her when she was on SNL. I love that. And she ripped up that photo of Joey Buttafuoco just
1: made (laughs) Fight the real enemy.
0: (laughs) Fight the real enemy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. She was riding high anyway. She had just finished Blonde Ambition literally like two weeks earlier, right?
1: I think so, Yeah. yeah. She did that. She had done that performance twice. She did it once at the VMAs and then she did a Benefit the, uh, like, yeah, like it
0: was Bar, right? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that that was like that. That was and is iconic. I mean, no one, no one can touch that. No one can even do anything close to it. I remember in the late '90s at the Brit Awards, there was a teen pop star named Billy. And if you if you find this on YouTube, you will die laughing. I mean, her song was her big pop hit, which was terrible. And then she comes out in this you know you know in this like french revolution gear trying to do the same thing
1: oh no yeah
0: it was a it was a huge fail i mean she was like 14 or 15 you know and she is a big madonna fan and she's always talked about how what a big madonna fan she is and she was an extra in evita but you know don't don't recreate what someone has already perfected
1: don't come for the queen because it will not work out for you
0: Needless to say, Billie Piper's pop career ended And now she's a successful
1: actress Which is good for her because Good. I'm glad it worked out for her <laughs> So what's, what's the other one you like? Okay, so then I also love The 2001 Grammys Performance of Music I think It has such great energy her, I mean, she's singing live The entire time There's no backing track on that performance At all Her vocals sound Super good. Um, I believe it was the premiere of the now famous Madonna deep knee squats. There was, and if you go back, you can count. She does, her and the rest of them, all do 16 deep knee squats. Uh, I believe she doesn't, I don't think she can do 16 anymore, but you still see her break those dance moves out every now and again. Um, But I just love music to me, that whole performance. It's such a fun danceable song. It performs really well. It's high energy. It's she opened the show at the or I'm confusing this. I don't know if she did open the show. Don't quote me on this. No hate mail people. But um she it was a great performance. It's lots of fun. Donna and Nikki are there with her. It's sort of like it was like her little girl group moment. I just always loved the three of them together. Um you have to watch it when we finish because I don't remember that. Thing. Oh yeah, 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 and it's like it's the whole part where she's she comes out with the big like silver glittery limo and that little. Oh, kid. that's the
0: little Bow Wow's driving yes. the limo. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and he takes I he takes the coat and the hat and then um that's yeah that's when she's like dancing on the car and um yeah and there's so Is it safe to say that she kind of ripped off
0: that performance for the opening of the Sticky and Sweet tour?
1: pass well, she was in that car. That that car in Sticky and Sweet Tour did not have a roof. The roof, no, yeah. the, the car that she was actually on top of the roof of that car in the Grammys performance. But um, I'll
0: watch it again. I, I think I saw it once and I never saw it again. But I do remember it was good. I know? just
1: always liked it because of the deep knees, the deep knee squats. Sixteen, count them. I, I guarantee you, there's sixteen of them. I know, and that was years, even years before *Hard Candy* fitness yes well exactly she was setting a tone she was like look at me i'm super fit and you can be fit too. come to my gym
0: you know what i saw on amazon prime the other day addicted to sweat volume One."
1: Oh, is that like her like yeah yeah no uh, i don't think i've ever seen that
0: well she's not in it she introduces it and
1: oh no, uh, that's
0: her, i want to her, see her do it her trainer does all the you know, all the exercises, but they use her music. So that's
1: not, you no. well, there you go. Okay. Well, so last to like top performance. And I, I use that term loosely top performance because there's so many that I love, but I would have to say, uh, you must love me from the 69th annual Academy Awards.
0: Yes, that was so really good.
1: good. And the, it was such a simple, well, also I, I'll say it's a simple performance, meaning she just walks out onto the stage and sings. So there's no pomp and circumstance, but let's just, let's cover off a couple things. One, vocals, Madonna's vocals on that performance are pretty stellar. You know, like when people say Madonna can't sing, cue up You Must Love Me from the 69th Annual Academy Awards. Yes, Madonna can sing. Now, I will also preface this by saying, she was definitely nervous again. She must be nervous whenever she performs in front of the Hollywood elite because her hand, was, her hand was shaky there. Her voice was a little trembly at first when she started getting going, but she, the way she sells the performance, is like her in Avita. You know, like she, the raw emotion in her voice is just wonderful to listen to, and she sounds great. She looks. Amazing! The dress that she's wearing in that—wearing a Christian Dior gown. What? She's wearing a Christian Dior gown. It's gorgeous. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. And I love her hair. It was that like reddish blonde mm-hmm. from little bangs, little bangs. Era, down. Yeah. yeah. It was just—it was a beautiful performance, and I very simple and uh, so so that's I, that that I will say would be like my quote unquote top three, but. Oh my God! I have an honorable mention. Oh, I was going to say I have a, I have quite a few honorable mentions.
0: Okay, Mine might be yours, but is it okay if I just go ahead?
1: Absolutely. Bedtime story from the Brit Awards. Okay, so why? Because I love the hair, <laughs> even though that was getting in her face the entire time.
0: <laughs> it was getting everywhere. No, I just thought that was for me. I loved it because boom, she's doing a dance track, you know, yeah. and. It, she's doing a version that's not an album version, which is always a plus, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it was just, you know, because the bedtime stories era was not very dance heavy. So when she came out and did this, it was like, boom, she's
1: back, you know, yeah. it's like a run again, you we know, very trippy and very, like it was a dance number, but like super simple because it was just like those two guys all just with white hair behind her. And yeah, and her and her gold, metallic gold, uh, Versace gown, silver. And, I thought it was silver. Well, you know,
0: I'm colorblind, so it could uh-huh. be silver. <laughs> but you know, it could be gold too. And that hair—I mean, she had these like long extensions. I think it was like mm-hmm. 18 inches, and then they had like these fans underneath her, so it was just the hair was blowing everywhere. It was crazy, and it—it it was blowing in the air the entire performance. I love that.
1: Yeah, it was. No, it was. I like that. I—I I was gonna say it was a, a successful. Brit Awards performance,
0: and you know, like I said, it was a good. It was a good remix. It was the junior, junior Vasquez Sound Factory mix of bedtime story, which is really good.
1: Yeah, well, I like that she didn't use the album version, and so it was just kind of fun. Yeah,
0: it was fun. It was a, it was a bop, as they say.
1: Yes. No, I was going to say one of my honorable mentions would have to be Hollywood from the 2003 VMAs with Britney and Christina. Oh yeah, those two. I mean, that's an iconic moment in Madonna and Britney and Christina. Well, Madonna and Britney first and foremost, poor Christina. No one remembers that Madonna kissed her because it was all about Britney and her tongue.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And they cut away to Justin's reaction, yeah. which we didn't care or need, but they were trying to drum up
1: stupid, stupid drama with that. But yeah, poor Christina, she got, she got left out, but I like that performance. I thought it was fun that they did the whole, Throwback to Like a Virgin with Brittany and Christina coming out in the, the bridal outfits. And then I loved that Madonna. So, I, I mean, I'm sure you know this. I don't, I'm sure our listeners might know this as well. But I remember Madonna had originally wanted to rise uh, at the 84 VMAs when she did Like a Virgin at the very first VMAs. Her original want was to rise up out of the cake. But because the VMAs didn't have any budget, they couldn't make that happen. So she just had to sit on the cake or stand on the cake. I forget how she started that performance. So I thought it was very funny that for the performance of Hollywood in 2003, that she finally got her wish to rise up out of the wedding cake. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she wasn't the bride. She was was the groom, which I thought was very smart.
0: Yeah, it was a very iconic performance. I don't love the vocals, but, you know, it's Hollywood. What can you do with that song? Not much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get that she was trying to push the American Life album, and I she needed an upbeat song. And I think the VMAs were in Los Angeles that year, so I thought it was, I think, appropriate in that respect as well. Mm-hmm. And we got a little Missy Elliott. A little, like, like literally a bit of Missy Elliott. She was there, which was fun. Um,
0: And that's all anybody could talk about
1: for months. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I think just a couple. I mean, obviously, the like Virgin nineteen eighty four VMAs. You know, like obviously that's a, a iconic Madonna live performance because it was the one. It was the performance that started it all
0: yeah she'd done several like one offs on you know like dance party u s a and American Bandstand, but this was like you know prime time introducing Madonna to the world, and boy did she ever i mean she got on the floor, shot everybody her thighs, her underwear she was rolled around the ground
1: I mean come on it was it
0: was a mess she her earring fell off it was you know. What did Freddie Deman say? Your career is over. And she laughed in his face. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> um, oh, one of the other performances that I watched in advance of us recording this evening was the um, hung up uh, with the gorillas from. Yeah, six. Now I was, I was, I wanted to watch that specifically just because in that, when she did that, she was dancing with gorilla, the gorillas who are fake i mean they're they were basically holograms as well so i was trying to compare and contrast the difference between the technology in 2006 to the technology now that she was using i almost sort of like appreciated the technology that they were doing in 2006 because she was a hologram as well like it wasn't that was the big difference was for her performance of medellin she was dancing around holograms like sort of like floating in the air next to her. The gorillas performance, that was just like on a screen. I mean, it wasn't like they were in the same space as her. So, um, but I still thought that was a fun performance. I liked that they sort of meshed and and that performance did open the Grammys. uh,
0: Yeah. And you know, that, that was a big song at the moment too. So to match those two together was, was pretty big. I like the MTV European Music Awards performance of Hung Up a lot more. I thought that had so much more energy, and that was when she—that was her actually her first performance after breaking her arm, and she was really going for it. I mean, you could tell she was in pain, but she was like pushing through, and it showed. I think you probably had some I, good meds. Yeah, I mean, must have. I mean, you know, also we've discussed this before. I mean, the Confessions era, she was painfully thin.
1: Right. right.
0: But, you know, she turned it out. I mean, she danced like she hasn't danced since during that era.
1: Oh, confessions.
0: We never got, like, an award show performance of Sorry, did we?
1: (laughs) No. We saved that for the tour.
0: Yeah, it seems like after Hung Up promotion, it was straight to the tour, and that was it.
1: Yeah. Well, we got, I mean, she she did a couple of... um, get together and i love new york at the uh, a couple of venues i remember didn't she do like the confessions promo tour
0: yeah yeah that was that's what i meant by like the whole oh,
1: like, i see i see i see you
0: know uh yeah she did a show at roseland she did a show at gay right, right, right. another one in paris i forget where
1: well that's the thing like I've, I love the performance of Living for Love from Le Grand Journal. I still say that that's the performance that she should have done from the get-go, but I, maybe she was just sort of like finding her way with that song.
0: And that's the one that has like a different backing track, right?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit more house, that version. Um, the Le Grand Journal, that's sort of the version that she did in the, in the tour with a little bit more of an intro, basically. That's all. There's just an inch, a more of an intro but um yeah those those are my those are my top picks
0: those are good i think we should talk about her other performances from like television appearances etc in another episode i think that would be really cool because there's some really good performances that were not you know within the bounds of a an award show. Yes,
1: well, this was definitely right. These these were just live award show performances, but there are a multitude of other performances that we can talk about, and we'll talk about. <laughs> just try and stop yeah. us, okay? <laughs> uh, no, but I do think we should talk about what we were doing last night. That's right.
0: We went to see a documentary called "Like a Prayer," which is about madonna fans around the world and it was really interesting there were some really great stories told
1: well absolutely i i was sort of uh so if 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 i'm not quite sure where it's going to be made available if uh, you know if it's going to be on a streaming platform or whatever um oksana the the girl who directed it and produced it um it was clearly uh Labor of love on her behalf. She, she herself is a enormous Madonna fan. She's originally from Russia and uh, she now lives in New York City. And I, I've lost track of the amount of numbers of shows that she went to for the Rebel Heart show, but I think 26 she, shows. I, yeah, I think she saw every single show in the US. That's right. Um, So she, she tells her story, um, about her love for Madonna. She also was the unapologetic bitch twice during the run of uh, the rebel heart tour. Um, for those of you who don't already know, I Stefan was the unapologetic bitch in Philadelphia. I will share my story at a later time, but, um, I, so I thought getting up on the stage with her once was a big deal. Oksana got to get up on stage with her twice. So yeah. good, good for her. Um, but I loved that they sort of uh, told the story of some of the other, like, super huge Madonna fans. I mean, the the woman from London and the guy from...
0: Israel from Australia. From Australia. Yeah. I mean, he's
1: it's incredible. He's, that's... Uh, unbelievable that he has seen her, what like eighty six sometimes. I mean, it was unbelievable. I love, but but I love that he sort of like was unable to see her for so many years, and he has totally made up for it now.
0: Yeah, he wasn't. He was too young to go to the girly show when it came to Australia. It was too far away, and he was too young. So, you know, unbeknownst to him, he had to wait eight years until Drowned World, but. Boy, did he make up for it because since Drawn World, hes I think he's seen like pretty much every show. Yeah,
1: it's unbelievable that he's been... Um, and that woman from London who just like... I think she's only seen like maybe 20 less than him. So she's in like 67 or 68 shows. Uh, and then they spotlight uh, Jeannie, who's uh, another... She's friends, good friends with Oksana and she does the monthly... Madonna parties here in New York City, uh, and DJ
0: Jeannie from the Madonnathon parties. If you've ever been to one of the boat cruises or the revolving parties around town, she's she's the girl who puts the music together, yeah. and she's really good at it, and she puts her heart into it.
1: And they and and then they also show that um, that young kid from Russia, who I mean, and I thought that was probably the sweetest story out of all of them, where you know, here's this kid in Russia who saw that Oksana had gotten to go up on stage with Madonna and he started communicating with her online. And Oksana was so moved by this kid's love for Madonna that she raised the funds to fly him to Asia and see the Rebel Heart Tour. Which I saw a kid
0: in Manila, Philippines, screaming his head off in front of Madonna while she sings crazy for you to him. It's so good. you were crying. Oh, I was crying. Uh, there was a, a single tear that fell down my cheek when he's showing off his Madonna CD collection. He's so proud of it. And this poor kid has three CDs, right. you know, I know. I'm I'm Andy, rebel heart and MDNA. And I'm just like, bless his heart. This kid is like, he he's happy when he listens to Madonna. That's what this is all about. Yeah. You know? That's
1: I, that's what I thought was so endearing was that you got to see yeah. that Madonna. I mean, everyone, everyone who loves Madonna loves Madonna for their own specific reasons. And um, some levels of fandom are more extreme than others, but I still think the common thread is that everyone is still appreciating the same person. And it was kind of fun to get a window into these people's lives and see why they loved her and how that love for someone affects their lives, whether it be, I mean, I, I guess mostly positive, but I mean, I was mostly just impressed and in awe at the dedication that these people have to going to see her. I mean, I will see like two or three shows per tour. <laughs> 3 yeah, I, I'm crazy because I got to see Madonna twice, right. you know? Th- like that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I like people are always question. You're seeing her show three times and like, for me, I like, I have to defend three times. These people, Oksana saw her 26 times. Oh, I had to defend when I had to take a bus
0: into the Meadowlands to see her. I was like, you're leaving the state to see Madonna.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, look, I would love to see her in various cities and uh, you know, like multiple times or whatnot, but I'm like, I just can't get off of work that much. I mean, yeah. You know, there's a lot of
0: questions that need to be answered when you watch this movie. Yeah. You're like, how do these people find the time and the money to do yeah. this? But after a while, you just kind of forget and you just get taken along on this ride.
1: Yeah, I think you kind of just have to like forget that there's like the be, be <laughs> immense. Of, it's almost like believing in Santa Claus. You know, you, you kind of like don't question how he gets into the house and puts the presents under the tree. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Don't question how these people get to go see Madonna 86 times in various countries and whatnot. Just go with it.
0: You know, and at first I thought, well, this is all very nice, but Madonna doesn't give a shit about any of this. And then throughout the film, you see her. Oh, she knows who they are. Yeah, she knows exactly who they are. When she sees them in the front row, she'll call them out by their name, and she'll speak to them, and she'll comment on what they wore last time, what they wore this time. and it's She's having
1: like, a, like a private conversation with them in front of 50,000 people.
0: And those are the moments that I have to remember about Madonna when she's fleecing me for every cent I have. We
1: <laughs> go see her at the Brooklyn Academy of Music in September. When you're her- um, being evicted from your apartment and have to sleep on a, uh, a, subway, a subway train. Yeah, right next to the bam. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, like like I told someone earlier, Madonna's been fleecing me since 1990, and I mean, I just I can't stop. I don't think any of us can.
1: Uh, no, I have no. I've already taken out a mortgage on my home, and <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I would not. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm turning tricks on the corner.
0: No, don't do that either. <laughs> You don't have to leave your apartment. You can do it all online.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez.
0: Seriously, guys, if you get a chance, Google it. Um, try to find Oksana Nabokova on Facebook or Instagram, and just see, seek this film out. I mean, I think if you're a Madonna fan, it will be an interesting watch. Um, I like to think it's it's kind of like a companion piece to anything having to do with Madonna, but it's not made by her so it gives you a different point of view kind of like strike a pose you know it's not sanctioned by her so people can kind of say what they want
1: yeah it was yeah it's and yeah as a madonna fan you will find similarities with these people telling their stories even even if you're not seeing her as much as you as much as they are you will still you you understand it you you, you sort of just get it
0: yeah, and it's it's also really cool to see like the global view, you know, the Madonna fans in other countries and, you know, they are a little bit more enthusiastic than we are. And I never could put my finger on that, but I love it. I love the enthusiasm of Madonna fans from, for you know, for example, Australia or Spain or Mexico and, you know, like Argentina, you know, for example, it just... It, the fandom is is beyond anything we've seen here, I think.
1: Well, and I I think that loops back to, you know, the release of this new tour coming up and the dates that she's going to do and the exclusion of so many different places. There's a lot of people who are pissed off about that because they do love her and they do want to see her. And the fact that they're now being denied a local opportunity... I can understand. I mean, we're, I take it for granted. We're, we live in New York. She's always going to come here. She always does dates here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, because she, she spends some of her time here living here at, at that townhouse. And uh, it's kind of like you forget that there's people who in other parts of the world who would love to see her and they just financially can't afford to get to her.
0: Yeah, they got to scramble and figure out what's the closest city that I could fly to or take a bus to yeah. see Madonna, you know. Well, guys, join us next week where we will talk about Madonna's new single and everything else that has transpired in the world of Madamex since then. Yeah, she's
1: throwing stuff at us. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I can't keep up, Tony. I just can't keep
0: up. Well, try to, because when the album drops, we're not going to have anything else to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, you guys, for joining us. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Like and subscribe, rate and review. Visit our website, mlbcpodcast.com. And we look forward to joining you again next time. Bye. Bye.